Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Back to another episode of Habs Natalie, folks. I'd like to apologize for Monday's episode before we even talk to Mason. Uh, that is my fault. I, uh, as we talked the last episode, I haven't had a day off in a while. I had to work, and I guess we'll get into it with Halloween, but let's just start off by saying I had to work from 9, well, 7 p.m., 7 p.m. to, uh, what was it, 7 p.m. to 1 a.m., got home around 3 a.m., had to be back at the Superdome for 6 a.m. So uh, I didn't get any fucking sleep. And then when I came home Sunday night, which is when we record for the Monday episode, uh, I went and took a nap. I told my wife I was going to take a nap and to wake me up. Um, And she decided that she wasn't going to wake me because she said I needed a break. And it just so happened that I slept until about two in the morning. So uh, we, we weren't able to produce any content. And Monday was a holiday, more or less. So we're coming to you today, and uh, we really do apologize for that, and that is my bad. But uh, Mason, how are you, bud? I'm um, good, buddy. I'm great. a little tired here, studying for my midterm tomorrow, but uh, no, I'm, I'm decent. Heard that. Fucking decent. Heard that. Um, yeah, dude. So I don't know. I know you, you've been busy. I don't know if you really did anything for Halloween. I didn't. Um, I worked. Uh, and I guess I guess it can go as far as that if if if, if that's all we have. Oh, I went out. Heard that. Um, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> and Sunday. Fuck yeah! So, get after it. Get I'm a after little it. tired. Yeah, but no, Halloween was college. Good. Halloween is is so fun. Um, great memories. Me and yes. the boys went as uh the Hanson brothers sick i saw a piece of that on uh, i think instagram yeah we uh we had like we had the chiefs jerseys off amazon they're only like 50 bucks they're actually like stitched and everything too they're pretty nice and- yeah shout out to tom um 
my buddy Tom, he uh, I bought some jerseys off him a while back and slipped a, a Chiefs jersey in there for me. So I gave it to my dad to hold for now. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I was actually surprised the amount of people that uh, recognized us because it's it's an old movie, but it's just From such a class. Hey, man, Paul Newman. Classic. Yeah, good movie. Uh, yeah, but no. Fantastic film. No other, uh, I guess, uh, big stories from Halloween to get into. We can get right into the hockey. We've, you know, kind of the episode's been delayed long enough. Let's uh, let's just shoot right into the hockey. Hell yeah! So uh, last time we talked, we were going up to play Buffalo. Um, and apologies, I I only was able to watch the back end of it thanks to people like uh, Matt Drake and um, just. NHL for doing compilations, but uh, the Buffalo, we'll start with the Buffalo game. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you were able to catch both of them. So I don't, I don't mean to lean so heavy on you, but uh, this has been the absolute worst month for me for work. But I am making money, and I guess that'll get to something that we'll close out with. Um, but let's see. Fuck Canadians won 3-2. Uh, the Canadians. Yeah, so um, go ahead. Caden Gooley scored his first goal in the NHL. Absolute howitzer <laughs> on uh, like kind of just a great shot. It's kind of a goalie battle too. Sam Montebo made 43 saves on 45 shots. Eric Comrie had 31 saves on 34. It was a good game. Uh, kind of hectic near the end. Uh, Looked like it was going to go to overtime. Then Josh Anderson uh, got just, like, a weird goal. Like, turn around, like, one-timer to tie it late. I, I liked what I saw um, from the team. I think Caden Gooley just continued to play really, really well that game. Um, Caulfield picked up another point. Gallagher scored. Uh, it's nice to see him doing well again. Yeah, it was – Kind of a goalie battle, but uh, Caden Gooley and Jordan Harris really, really put in the work. Night, huh? That's mm-hmm. great to hear. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to rewatch the Anderson. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was trying to refresh myself on this fucking goal. But yeah, no. I, uh, my Twitter blew up that day for Caden Gooley. Very, very flashy. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that Jordan Harris is also. I mean, he's been doing great, but I don't know. Just, just glad he's uh, he's producing as well as far as like just being an asset to this team. Because I was afraid um, with in the beginning how well Jack I was doing and Caden Gooley that I thought he would be the odd man out. But I feel like Jordan Harris is pulling his weight. And it's gonna be really hard to get any of these rookies off. No, absolutely. Um, Harris hasn't scored yet, but he's still him and Gooley are leading. Uh, rookies in ice time. Harris is at 20 minutes, 46 seconds per game, and Gooley's playing 21-14 on average, so they're leading the way on that front, too. Just another good showing from uh, from both of them in that game. Uh, kind of rather move on to the St. Louis game, though, because, like, I'll be honest, the Habs have did not play much last week, so I don't have, like, a, a huge yeah. memory for the Buffalo game. Well, the only thing... Uh... The only thing that we can add is the last thing that we talked about um, on that episode about Harris was wanting to get, well, the deservance of him getting some time on the power play. 
Unfortunately, they did in the Buffalo game a total of six seconds. But um, that's something we'd like to see more. And, in fact, I'm glad it kind of jogged my memory. Uh, we were actually a part of a um, conversation with fucking Knuckles Nylon the other day, and I we were able to ask him said question about Jordan Harris and whether uh, he believed that he should get some power play time. And he said, uh, absolutely. And um, I'll try to get the link and get that for y'all. But uh, yeah, uh, he has faith in him. He said he had he had met Jordan Harris, and um, you know, with the introduction of this this new group and how the power play has been tough, and it needs something new. There, there's there's no there's no need not to to try anything new. And Jordan Harris should definitely get a shot on it. No, absolutely. And as for the conversation about. Um... The power play Habs played St. Louis, uh, and it was an absolute barn burner on uh, the 30th. I think it was the 30th, 30th or the 29th. 29th. And yeah, power play got going. Two power play goals. First from Slavkovsky in his first game back, an absolute bomb. We love to see the confidence, just taking a shot there. It paid off. And then uh, I think it was Caulfield. Yeah, Caulfield the, right behind him. Uh, they got the second one. Uh, big game for the guys. Dvorak had the hat trick, and he couldn't look less thrilled about it <laughs> at the end there. Um, <laughs> just the typical Christian Dvorak kind of reaction, which is just nothing. Yeah, Pure deadpan, so that was Just funny. here to that play. It was a great game for the power play to, to see the guys, um, you know, kind of really activating into the play, moving the puck around well. Um, you know, doing kind of things that we've wanted them to do on the power play for some time now. And it, it, I hope, you know, we can hope and pray that we'll get to see more of this as the season progresses um, against Minnesota or the other upcoming games where the Habs, you know, start to actually shoot the puck, start working it a little better. Um, Mike Hoffman's out against Minnesota. So that's bound to help the power <laughs> a bunch of different ways. Just get that guy fucking out of there. He is terrible. I cannot no. stand him. Um, just just on the the, the Caulfield, I mean, not the Caulfield, the, the Slavkovsky power play goal, really nice, like, give-and-go move. Um, but it is going to be nasty if we can get this power play moving forward and you can have someone – because, I mean, like, that. that is a – nasty nhl shot like that is an nhl caliber accuracy and power on on that shot and it it's just scary to think that if he can get up on the first power play i'm not sure if he was on it for that one but if he can get there where we got one side is cole caulfield and the other is slavkovsky and he can he can really get that fucking shot right past the the dot on the right going we have I mean, obviously, everyone has potential, but that has potential to be a deadly power play group. No, absolutely. I think I'd kind of almost prefer to keep the power play uh, the way it is, the mm -hmm. way it was set up, minus Mike Hoffman um, against St. Louis, because it's so rare the Habs find something that works. So I'd like to see maybe Jordan Harris stay on the um, – the blue line there, uh, Caden Gooley up on the top instead of Mike Hoffman. That's my one big suggestion. And like you said, yeah, get the puck, move it back and forth, and take shots. Let's stop trying to 
pass the puck into the net um as we've seen the Habs do uh previously like you know for the last fucking how many years where they just cycle 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 until they basically run the clock dry and get one shot on that um and it's normally not even on that yeah i was but you know it is what it is and I think the big theme of this season is going to be production from the youth and the game against St. Louis is another example of that. Cole Caulfield had a three point night, two goals. Nick Suzuki had a three point night, two assists, one goal. Um, Slavkovsky had a goal. Kirby doc had two points. Jordan Harris had two points. So it was exactly the, the youth movement that we wanted to see from the Habs and Against Minnesota, it's likely we'll see even more of that to a, you know, a team that has struggled defensively this season unless Marc-Andre Fleury does, you know, what he seems to do every time he plays the Habs and just turns back the clock to prime Marc-Andre and mm-hmm. shuts us out because he's been terrible this year, but he always picks it up against the Habs. But anyway, uh, sort of off topic, but yeah, it was nice to see the uh, young guys doing well. Um performing on the power play and I hopefully they can continue to do that uh in the coming games no absolutely and honestly I didn't expect it to be this this fucking crazy against the blues um I know the blues is I don't want to say that they've been struggling as of late but I, I mean I guess in a sense they have been it's been it's been a little tough for them um they're fucking three and four as of as of that game uh, I haven't kept up with them in a while but like I see a little bit of it because I have Jordan Bennington on my team uh, in fantasy, and um, I was expecting him to come out with a bit of an edge. But it seems like like last year, I didn't think they were going to do as good as they did. But this year, it seems like that's that's kind of fading. And I really thought this was going to be uh, a thrashing for us, but Canadians fucking pulled it out and beyond pulled it out. Like really had like a you know a showing of of power of what this team's capable of under under the right. Uh, circumstances and like we we as a fan base we really want this season to kind of go south for us like last year did just because of you know the the talents that are in the draft this year but it's like every fan who wants that there's no way in hell you're not fucking pumped for a game like this like this was a little bit beyond our level but just shows like what's in the future so like it was. I don't actually it, think it was beyond the Habs level, though. I think it was the style of hockey that they should be playing. Mm-hmm. And it was that's like, fair, you know, high octane offense on the transition, scoring goals and capitalizing when they had opportunities on the power play, which is ideally what you want the Habs to do. Now, are you going to put in seven goals every night? No, but I think the style of play and the way they accomplished everything is exactly what we want to see from the Habs. It's how this team needs to perform not only in the future, but also the present so that they can, you know, establish an identity. And, you know, as when the top draft pick, whoever we get next, you know, this upcoming draft next June, whether that's Connor Bedard, whether that's Matthew Mishkov, Fantilli, or, you know, a Zach Benson, uh, Dvorsky, or a Braden Yeager, any of those guys, the top 10 is absolutely loaded with forwards this year. I think I saw recently Scott Wheeler's top 10 doesn't have a single defenseman in it, hmm. 
whoever the Habs pick up, because let's be honest, they'll probably be drafting top 10 this year. Hopefully they can slot in in the next year or the coming years to a transition-based offense that is already set. You know, they don't need to establish identity when we want to compete. We've already established an identity. Now let's improve upon that so that we compete. So I love I love seeing the Habs play that way, and I, I don't think it's beyond their capabilities per se. I think it's exactly what you want to see from the guys uh, this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fair. Um, and obviously that's the direction we want them to go. I just think it's, it's a bit of a, a good, a good draw that night. It, you know, it's the way that we want this team to go. I just think it's going to take some time, but that is exactly what is, I guess we can, look forward to you know that's that's the type of play that they're capable of and and hopefully that that transcends and you know we see it in in tonight's game well yesterday's game for the listeners um you have anything else to say on the st louis game um not really just because it was so long ago i think it's best if we even move on a little bit i kind of want to talk about more um generalized subjects tonight uh cole caulfield for mm-hmm. example, has seven goals in nine games. Hmm. He leads the league in even strength goals since Marty St. Louis took over, which is just wild. And he is tied for third in league goals behind only Velarde, Sveshnikov, and McDavid. And the way in which things are going, he may pick up another one tonight. It's absolutely absurd to see the pace that he's on right now. And with Kirby Doc on that top line now, I think it's possible that, you know, he continues it. Obviously, he's shooting a little above respected at a, a clip of 22.6% right now. You can expect that to probably go down. But I just have a feeling Caulfield's going to continue to find a way to put the puck in the back of the net. And I guess my question to you is, do you think he gets 50 this year? <laughs> I don't think he's going to get to 50. I think there's going to be like a, a, a stalemate or, you know, like it, it, a plateau he's going to reach. I think uh, it's, it's well going to be between 40, 40 and 50. I, I obviously think I guess he the, absolutely gets 40. Yes. I think he's 100% getting 40. Like this pace. Yes. It did. Like, you know, like I just said about the 50, I think it's going to plateau. Um, but I think 40 is is well within his range. Um, he's I just really wish I had him in fantasy. Uh every night you watch him, he's he's getting excellent chances. Like you said, his uh shooting percentage is is a little inflamed right now. Um, but look what he's capable of doing with it. So there he's obviously um uh, he's they've now like made him what Shea Weber was for like the power play, like he is the point, like they, they're giving him the shot. They, they're setting him up every time. And throughout the game, he's getting great offensive chances. I mean, uh, his two, his two way play is actually pretty fucking phenomenal. And he gets himself some, a lot of chances. He has, he has improved a lot on the defensive side of the puck, mm-hmm. not just through the eye test, but also analytically his defensive war has gone up tenfold, but I think it's funny you say they've turned him into the Shea Weber on the power play, meaning he because he scored one he scored one power play goal. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, I don't mean I don't mean like he it's it's like the power play is successful. I'm just saying like 
like before it was okay we're gonna we're gonna cycle the puck around until we get an opportunity for Shea Weber to fucking throw it on net now it's we're gonna cycle it all over the place until Cole Caulfield is in is in a great spot for him to to shoot it on net that's that's all I meant it's like no they obviously see what he's capable of Martin St. Louis is more or less saying take your take your shot if you you know we'll get it to you just be ready for it like it's it's they're just drawing it up for Cole Caulfield to fucking you know take it to the house and I don't see he's got look I'll just walk in a circle but just to 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 fucking save the story they're going to give him every opportunity to get 40 goals and his skill is going to get him to 40 plus no that's fair I think I think 40 is definitely well within reach. I do kind of agree with you in the sense that the Habs will probably have a, a, a slump at some point. Uh, but I would not be surprised if Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield finish well within a point of game this season, just based on the play in which they've displayed so far. Mm-hmm. And because the offense – you know, as well as Monahan and Doc, I think are able to drive the play. But outside of those four players, no one else really drives the play on this team. Everything goes through Suzuki and Caulfield, and you see it like you'll see it even in, in basketball a lot, but you'll see it in hockey occasionally, and it does happen. Um, but I'll use the basketball example when when there's a a decent player an all-star player on a shitty team, he'll average a guy will average 28 points a game because he gets a thousand looks, right? Mm-hmm. I think we could have a very similar situation here in Montreal where Nick Suzuki and Caulfield get so many looks and you know all the time in the world on the power play, all the offensive zone starts that they can, you know, get to the point in which that, you know, they put up 70, 80 points this season and you know basically run the entire offense. But I want to kind of circle back a little bit to something I mentioned, uh, Kirby doc playing right wing for Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. What is your thought process of that? I'd love to, I'd love to know your reaction to, to that change because I thought, um, the first game they played, he looked a little lost at times, but I thought he played well and, uh, I'd like to see more of it. I feel like it's just, uh, it's like having Josh Anderson, just maybe just a step slower, is all um i think he's he's obviously got great hands and he's adding like he's given the opposite of like he might and kirby doc's pretty fast as it is uh but he's making up for the hands that might not have been there if they if they kept josh anderson up there um he's not you know in the past wasn't the the heaviest guy but as far as like you know like keeping along boards and stuff like that and and hits uh, but I think he's he's shown his his prowess on this fucking team. And I think having someone with a, another center, you know, a centerman's mind on on the wing is is phenomenal. Uh, it's two great passes. Well, I mean, Cole Caulfield's also a great passer, but it's two guys that can that are going to either feed Suzuki or Caulfield. And honestly, Doc's got amazing hands as well. I think it's like you said, there, there's a bit of a, a learning or it, it's been a while since he's done it type of thing. But I think, I think this is a great opportunity. It's kind of like, it, it's, it's a more deadlier line 
combination than we were talking about when they had Monahan and Doc. I just think that it, it's your it's your three most potent uh, potently offensive minded players all in one line, and it has the potential to be very dangerous. No, absolutely. I think, like I said before, too, I think Doc provides a lot of transition to that line, too. He can bring, he's very good at bringing the puck from the defensive zone to the offensive zone and kind of, you know, breaking into the neutral zone. So I think that's um, great. Would I like to see Doc centering a line? Yeah, I think in a way he's almost wasted because I think him and Monahan, he's, mm-hmm. he's, Doc is also very good for Monahan because Monahan, Monahan is terrible in the neutral zone, right. but phenomenal in the um, offensive zone. So I think that Doc really complements Monahan's play, but I, I can't, I can't be upset with this. I've, I've been crying at Mike Hoffman on the wing. So I love that Doc's up there <laughs> uh, helping to produce. Also, I don't think Doc, I think it'll help Doc as well, um, who, you know, has one goal this year, but is only shooting at like 7%. So I think some feeds from Nick Suzuki and even like the space he'll get from teams focusing on Caulfield may open up some opportunity for him. However, um, Martin St. Louis did discuss this and I would love to see it. The possibility of Slavkovsky uh, moving into that role too, giving him some looks and moving Doc back onto the second line with Monaghan, I think that would also be a, uh, a, a something I'd want to see after a few games here if Monaghan, you know, slows down or if the first line isn't producing the way they like. Um, because, you know, I think we all had some questions the first few games, and I think there's still many, you know, like very reasonable questions to have with Slavkovsky's game. But I think we all kind of want to see what would happen if we put him up there with the two big boys. Well, why not? He missed three games. Uh, we're on game nine, but it, for him, it, it's what game, uh, game, game seven. For game him. seven. So I mean, you know, there's still a, you know, his where is he going to be? His stability's a little not there yet. So why not? You know, uh, you got you got the Wild, you got Winnipeg, and then you got Vegas. So why not either tonight or for the Winnipeg game, put him up against, you know, put him up on the first line, give him, give him some looks. I mean, it's not going to be, it doesn't have to be the whole game, you know, but give him, give him a couple of chances out there and see what you can create. Or if you really want to just throw him to the wolves, give him the, give, put him in there for fucking Vegas and, and let him see, you know, a team that's been fucking a juggernaut this, this season so far, throw him up there. Um, but I think it's, I think it's better for him to do it uh, in, in Minnesota um, mainly because we've played Minnesota already. And I think that obviously he's, he's got to adjust to every single game, but it's, it's a team that he's, he could be a bit familiar with. He's seen them once. Uh, this is, I think a great chance for them to throw him up there. Minnesota's struggling a little bit and, um, actually they're the least successful team of the, you know, to, to reach his ninth game. So why not give him a couple looks? I don't think it's, it's the fucking worst thing that can happen. No, absolutely. I, I like the idea of Slav being up there, and I think, I think I mean, it's something that we'll probably see see sooner than later. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, uh, you know, seeing, well, just seeing how bad Mike Hoffman struggled. What is it going to hurt? You know. 
Well, I'm not I'm not worried about the play of Suzuki and Caulfield. As far as I'm concerned, you could probably stick Michael Pozzetta on that top line and it'd still produce. That'd be nice. I think the issue is that you don't want them to play so isolated. You need to find someone that meshes with them. Mm-hmm. Because I find often with whoever's on that line, they become kind of a passenger. And well, you don't need well, another superstar, but just finding someone that can support the play of those two guys. This is still a, on the forecheck or the neutral zone or defensively. You just no, need that, that's fair. that player to help them out and allow them to focus more on scoring points. I think that, you know, obviously this is this is a fucking this is a, a training for Slavkowski. I still don't think he's going to make the team. And that being said, what better way for him to gain a little bit more knowledge than to, you know, put him as, as a passenger on the first line in a big game, especially one right after he scored a, a tremendous goal coming back, coming back to the team. Um, he's going to get an opportunity if, if they do it to make, you know, to get every possible chance he can to just absorb like a sponge, like some great moments in end game with two of the league's top fucking performers. I think this is, I think you'd, you'd got to be silly not to at least give him a couple of, a couple of minutes out there, a couple of shifts. Um, and then at the end of the day, he's probably going to go the, you know, he's probably going to get sent down to Laval. And that is, you know, it is what it is, but I mean, fuck like game eight. I mean, game 10, 11, I don't think giving him a couple of minutes or two, you know, a couple of shifts is going to be that detrimental to our season by game, you know, 82. Uh, No, absolutely. I think, I I mean, I'm not even sure that he is going to get sent down to Lavelle um, based on just how his play has continued to improve day in, day out. I you know, if it continues to pr- improve on the trajectory that we've seen it, I think it's possible that Slav may stay up for the whole season, but that remains to be seen. Um, you know, it's pro- it's probably not a bet that I, I, I would make in which he stays up all year. I'm not that comfortable in it yet. But if I were to make that bet, I would definitely do it with our friends at DraftKings. Absolutely. Folks, we have a great head read from DraftKings hockey fans. It's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Um, As always, they want us to talk about some fucking games, so let's move on to tomorrow where there's not shit. The Toronto Maple Leafs have been on a skid, and the Philadelphia Flyers have been hot. Honestly, I think that's going to be a tough one, but I'll, I'd go to the Flyers. I think, I think even though Toronto's been skidding, I'm sure they're still the favorites in that fucking game. And Pittsburgh versus the Sabers is going to be a tough one. I'd actually put my money on Buffalo. Uh, but moving to Thursday night, Vegas over Ottawa. I think you got well, your odds are not going to be in favor for Ottawa, but I think that's an easy win. Uh, let's see. Islanders versus St. Louis. St. Louis is, I mean, fuck, we did them dirty. I think the Islanders got it. Calgary versus uh, the Predators. I think that's a good one. But um, if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. By combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more, it's your shot in an even even bigger payout. 
DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Excuse me. Y'all remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NHL NHL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's pro, That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility. Jesus. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, Mason, we're back. Um, so where where you want to head with this? I mean, you said that Slavkovsky, you feel that the amount of progress he's made in his seven games so far is eligible, I guess you would say. He's got three more games to prove it, um, that he would stay up. I still think well, he, he I would... think what you're not like considering here is mm-hmm. that the nine game threshold is really important for CHL players. But because after those nine games, you have to decide whether or not you're going to send them to the CHL. Like, you, have, you can't get them back. That's right? right. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, he would be going so to Laval. So, with Slav, he can go down to Laval. They can call him up. They can do whatever they want. And it, it's a different than the situation we're seeing in Seattle with Shane Wright, where right. Right. I don't even fucking know what dave haxtell is trying to accomplish but you see a very frustrated player and a very frustrated coaching staff seven minutes (laughs) he's not able to they want to keep him up but he's not performing and not getting the opportunities but if they send him down then they lose him for the year right so with slaff because if things go bad in 12 you know on the 12th game or the 20th game whatever they can send him down doesn't matter per se like what level he's at like if he's playing well enough that he merits nhl ice time but he's not playing exceptionally and he has and he's a chl it makes more sense to send him to the chl with slaff i think because of his situation he gets a little more leeway and just based on the way he's playing and you know his ability it seems that he does possess an ability to bounce back I wouldn't be shocked if he rides it out for the rest of the season, but I equally wouldn't be shocked if he goes to Laval. I'm just saying it seems like now it's more of a possibility that he may remain on the roster for the entire season. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, I always, uh, I've forgotten that for like three episodes. I'm sorry. Um, well, I mean, that actually makes me feel a little better about it. Cause I, don't, I honestly think he's been doing, you know, he's been doing well. Uh, meriting his time that he's he's had but um I just didn't want to see him you know get stuck in a situation where he's fine you know he he does good and then he kind of plateaus and it he, he struggles and then we're kind of we wasted a year on him and now he's you know he's not getting minutes he's not getting looks the last thing we want to see is him get like you know less than 10 minutes a fucking game is that sorry was that for slaff you're speaking of yeah. Yeah, I mean, Slav, I think the Habs are doing a good job. He's averaging 11 minutes a game, which is low. It's the lowest on the Habs right now. But also, if you consider the way he was playing previously, I think it makes sense. And, you know, he is getting opportunities on the power play now. I don't know. I, I think it could go either way at this point. But uh, I guess so. we'll, we'll, it'll be, you know, we'll have to see. Um, 
Well, I just think it would be a waste if, if he's like falling into like kind of like how uh, Shane Wright's threshold right now is like seven, eight minutes. Like I know two minutes is I, I two minutes is that much more important. And um, I don't know. I just think that if if he's dropping below that, I think that's that's just a that's just tough on him. He's not going to get this kid needs as much ice time as he can to develop. And I know. It's one or two things. You give him all the ice time in the world, and we get KK, who was a phenomenal player, or we give him all the ice time in the world, and we get a new, like a level of Nick Suzuki's, I'm not going to say his ability, but his uh, experience and how fast he was able to to grip everything. And I I know he's a lot younger uh, than Suzuki was when he came on, but I just think that if we drop him, if we drop his minutes too much, he's better off with, you know, first line minutes in Laval, but, but yeah, so uh, I guess let's, uh, let's move on from that. Yeah, um, totally. I think that's like valid. It's definitely a valid argument for sure. And I think if he, yeah, if he stops performing, you don't want him buried on the, on the fourth line. Ideally he's moving up as the year progresses. So I definitely think um, it would be like, I'm not, all four stuff saying, but yeah, let's uh let's move on. Um well look, I got I got one last thing before we we close it out today. Um and it's because we had a trade since the last time we talked. But uh yeah that was exactly what I was gonna move on to. Perfect. So Cam Hillis who was someone we were actually looking forward to see uh gets traded to Chicago for Nick Bowden. I hope I'm saying it right. And I had Noah Bowden down here in the parish. And that's how we pronounce that last name. But um, 23-year-old guy, uh, I think he's got like 22 games with Chicago. How do you feel about this? Um, I think it's a low-risk, low-reward deal. I think uh, Bowden is a good – like I, I think he's project. He's a former first-round pick. Um. You know, you assume the Blackhawks probably were hoping that he would play with Boakvist and, you know, be part of their young core when they drafted him. But now both of them are out. We know how Chicago was. Um, Look, I think this is a situation of just Chicago. Sorry, trying to give uh, a young player a new opportunity, kind of like the Habs with Ryan Paling. Uh, or with when they got rid of Noah Juleson, you know, right. you, you want to give a guy a chance and we'll see what he does with it. He's in Laval right now. Um, I'm not sure if he's played any games yet, but I think it's a low risk. Low reward. Look, Cam Hillis was in the ECHL, played some NHL games last year. Um, I think it was kind of an exciting prospect for me because he grew up in my area. So he was kind of more of a local guy for me. Uh mm-hmm. And, you know, came up from the coast one day to fill in, almost scored a goal of the year, and then just dipped. Like, <laughs> by, you know, my standards, Cam Hillis is a Habs legend, and I think it's a low-risk, low-reward low, low move. Yeah, and then, I mean, you're getting you're getting a kid from Quebec. Um, I mean, his his cap hit is, is, is relatively low, obviously. Um, Crazy, crazy enough. It's another first rounder that Chicago is moving on from. But 
I, I, I mean, I like that. I don't know much about him. I mean, he his longest tenure, he had uh, 19 games, 2021 season, um, six points. He didn't get a lot of ice time, but, you know, hopefully he can he can do something in Laval. I mean, um, left-hand defenseman, and I think that's the, the most important part is that we're, we're gaining some left-hand defensemen. So, um, yeah, I just felt – I felt like this was bigger for you because Cam Hillis was – I'm not going to say like a – a fan favorite for you, but not like, you know, like this was like the next guy we were looking at, like Jordan Harris, when we were like, you know, hoping that this kid stuck around, but um glad we got your thoughts on it. Um, yeah, man, I know you're busy. Uh, if y'all don't know Mason's fucking college kid, he's got, I'm sure, I think he's got like another midterm tomorrow. Um, so if you don't have anything else to say, dude, we can kind of close it out right here. Um, uh, no, I got nothing really to add. Uh, I think. We'll have some more stuff. It's kind of hard when the games happened so long ago. The NHL schedule's been fucking terrible this year. Yeah. Like, the Habs played Minnesota, like, a week ago, and now we're playing them again, and that, then we don't play them for the rest of the year. It's We don't play – I don't think we play the Leafs again until fucking January. Like, we should – Ridiculous. We should do, but like, I, uh, fuck, what did, what did they implement? Like, the baseball rules where it's like you just go there and you play, like, a best of three and then – that's it for playing that team for the season, unless it's a a team in your division. I I will be honest, I kind of hate that, <laughs> kind of hate that idea. But uh, yeah, no, big midterm. It would save on chair. It would save on travel. I don't think I'm. I'm not too sympathetic of what the the owners have to spend on travel. <laughs> well, no, I mean I, I don't mean on like like the cost of that. I meant like on on the players like fatigue. Yeah, but I think it also like spreading out the games creates a sense of parity or like if you play a team that's slumping like say the Habs yeah play, just drill them three games in a row <laughs> yeah you know what I mean like you play a team that's slump or like Philly who's incredibly hot to start the season you get smoked four games in a row by them and then they go on to finish second last like it's kind of I like the way they do it I just think they need to do it better but anyway uh, yeah that's I don't think we have anything else to talk about today. All right. Well, Mason, if you got to go, you got to go. It's fine. Um, I'm going to close it out. Uh, I've been working my ass off. Uh, and that being said, I've been making like $1,000 paychecks, which is kind of nice. But uh, I am going to my first NHL game in December. Uh, I planned a trip to Dallas. I'm going to go see Fink and the What a Hockey guys and our buddies with star, uh, Starcastic Remarks, I'm sure. Uh, it's going to be Dallas versus the Minnesota wild, which is hilarious. Cause we're about to play them in moments. Um, so yeah, I'm going to my first fucking game and it's because I'm overworked and I haven't had a day off in 33 days. So, uh, God bless America, uh, new music to listen to from my perspective, mad Kelly's album human came out. It's 20 minutes long. Go give it a listen. Uh, my friend's band, Born to Stray, put out their new single, Dangerous. And because it's Halloween, or it was, uh, listen to a lot of typo negative. I hope you guys had a great Halloween. Y'all had fun. Y'all stayed safe. But as always, this has been Habs Nightly. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a like, a follow, a, uh, a fucking five-star rating, four-star, any star, really, if you liked it. Um, show us to your friends. Give us a follow on Twitter. Um, and we'll check the email next, next game or next 
podcast and see if y'all sent us anything. But once again, it has been Habs Nightly. Thank y'all so much for listening. Thank y'all so much for understanding. And we can't wait to talk to y'all again soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.